0: Hey, what's up, and welcome back to Ripe
1: Reviews. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. That began the nightmare on Fear Street McGraw. And today, we're talking about the first in the trilogy
0: of the Fear Street Netflix movies. Fear Street, Part 1, 1994. And yes, we're going to go through each of these flicks uh, as Ripe Reviews, and... uh, I'm fucking psyched. I don't know about you guys, but um, I had a really fucking good time with this. Let me tell you something. So, Dig, this clocked in at, what, hour and 45 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Could not believe that. Yeah, so it's like a feature film, folks. Um, Also, uh, we are going to just give you our initial thoughts. In in a nutshell, non-spoilery, and then we will get into spoilers. Because, you know, there are people out there that want to hear some of this, and and maybe they listen to it and they come back and they're like, all right, now I want to hear the spoiler portion of it and see what the guys thought of it, you know, afterwards, you know what I mean? Just to preface this a little bit, uh, maybe for some of the younger listeners uh, listening, um, yeah, Fear Street was a book series by R.L. Stein, and um, a lot of you may... May be familiar with RL Stein from Goosebumps uh for sure uh we got those two Goosebumps movies with Jack Black uh not too long ago did you guys read the Fear Street series when you were kids nope no never even heard of it never even heard of it wow my wife never heard of it either never read it she never read Fear Street or Goosebumps I was very taken aback by
2: that well okay so goosebumps I read a fair amount of now okay I, I, he, he kind of lost me when he started doing the, uh, you know, Pick Your Own Adventure books. I know some people really like those, but I didn't. There was a couple good ones in there. Yeah, and then I loved the uh, the anthology series that was on door. I think it was like Fox,
0: uh, maybe Saturday morning?
2: Fox Kids, dude. They would do, uh, yeah, and they're all on Netflix now, too. You can watch those. Uh, so, yeah, Goosebumps, I'm all in on that. At least I used to be, but... uh, Fear Street, this was new to me. Like, when you told me about it and I looked it up, I was like, oh, shit, this is based on something?
0: Yeah, I was kind of wary because I was like, "Uh, you know, is it going to be a Stranger Things? And I'm like, don't lean too much into that. You know, kind of do your own thing. <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was pleasantly surprised. Connor, have you have, have you had any experience with Goosebumps before we go too far into Fear Street? You read the books, have not seen the movies yet. Okay, the movies, in my opinion, are, are the first ones. Great. The second one's okay. Um, I am a Goosebumps veteran. I had the entire original run of of those books. And I had a bunch of Fear Street, but I didn't have... The OG Fear Street, right? So, like, I... So, put it put it this way. If any Fear Street... Diehard Fear Street fans are listening, I kind of got into the series late in the game, and I believe my first Fear Street was... um, what, what is that? Attack of the Aqua Apes, I think it was, which was, like, mutant fucking sea monkeys. Right. Sign me the fuck up for that. It was great. I love that book. Right in the pocket with Animorphs. So, I was doing that, and Animorphs and Goosebumps all at the same time. Oh,
1: Animorphs was my shit. Well, there you go. The one thing I was worried about going into this was, like, were they going to do the Goosebumps and Scary Stories thing, where it's like, no, this all comes from a book called Fear Street. And I was like, don't do that. Well, kind of. We'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> they did it in a way where I didn't even notice it.
0: Yes, I agree. Uh, just knee-jerk reaction, fellas. Uh, non-spoiler reviews.
1: Go. Uh, Woo. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I think it's pretty ambitious and pretty fucking entertaining uh, from start to finish with a few slow parts. But, like, it ended and I was like, whoa, give me more. (laughs) Uh, I
0: just had a blast for an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, My wife and I watched this. Um, Man. For Fear Street Part 1, 1994, in a nutshell, it kind of captures all of those tidbits uh, from those uh, 90s slasher movies that uh, we enjoy, and some we don't enjoy, but uh, improve upon them. Um, And the story that they're cooking up here, like Connor just said, feels really... natural and not forced and uh there's a lot of good shit in here and i didn't know what to expect either um i don't think it's based on the books i I mean it is based on the books i mean there are it's not based on a specific book but it takes elements from all the books i believe um i.e uh sunnyvale and what shady side (laughs) shelbyville yeah sunnyvale's where (laughs) buffy's from right yeah i think so it's a great time I had a lot of fun with it um and that is my short review.
2: My main complaint is that there's a lot of slow parts and really anything yeah I I felt like it really dragged ass. I felt like they were trying to hit like full length picture so they just stretched a lot of scenes out. I feel like you
1: could have cut 10 minutes out of this easy. Uh, e- e- I don't agree. I agree but I'm it doesn't really it like it didn't bother me. Like I got I can identify parts in the movie where I'm like, mm, hurry up. Sure. Um, but like altogether it didn't it, it didn't present an issue for me.
0: Sure. I mean I I think I I see what you're saying, Sean. Uh but I think a decent amount of that is the building the character
2: relationships, no? Uh it is, but I'm talking about more so in like the middle of the movie, once things really start rolling. Like anytime there was some kind of uh obstacle from the act to to block the actual uh how would I word this? Basically once the plot started going, I wanted it to keep going and there were roadblocks put in between. Okay. And I understand why some of those scenes are there just to kind of release tension and start ramping it back up. Okay. But I felt like a few of those scenes, like, and I get what they were going for to try to really convey a few things about these characters, I just I would have truncated some of those. I just kind of like I was I was checking my watch a few times, put it that way. But I still liked it for the most part. It's just uh, that detracted from it for me. I think that's fair.
1: One of those sequences had my favorite line of the movie, which is, "Wait a minute, did you all just go to Pound Town?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, again, I beg to differ
0: on that because uh, there are little things that we, that we can get into, if you will. Sure. So without further ado, again folks, here we go. We're going into spoilers for Fear Street Part 1 1994. If you have not seen it yet, definitely go check it out. Hit fucking pause. We'll be here when you get back. Go check it out and uh and, and then uh and then come listen to the rest of this. Here we go. Spoiler time.
1: So it was the guy on the floor in the bathroom the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> John Kramer strikes again. Fuck, man.
0: John Kramer in- enters the-, the 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 Fear Street universe. Fuck me. I
1: I own Shadyville. I- I put all the neighborhoods there. Housing project. I ex- I exploded
0: and then melded into one John Kramer and came back.
2: Yeah, Well, he had he made a little pit stop over a Calaboose. <laughs> <laughs> put those fucking razor blade traps in there somewhere.
1: You had to go check on his recruitment drive. John Cal- John Colobos and, <laughs> John and John
2: Colobos Kramer. Was that his middle <laughs> name?
1: This movie has a very Scream-like opening, including a yes. recognizable Man. face with Maya Hawke, who's from Stranger Things.
0: It is Scream to the umpteenth degree, but I don't mind it. But I was like, I fucking see you. I see you. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, it's that whole thing, too, where they're playing up the tropes from the 90s. And yeah, they, they want you to know it's Scream. No, yeah. Right up front. But there's a twist on it.
0: Yeah, I had I had uh, such good feelings like when she was like working at a B Dalton and shit. I was right. like, man, <laughs> how many fucking times have I been to the B Dalton at the Ocean County Mall? <laughs>
1: before they shut it down r.i.p speaking of this mall like if she was like sorry i worked late tonight uh wonder woman came in and beat up some people also a giant goop monster attacked a psychic child it's been a hell of a day it looks like the same mall also david arquette
0: was in here with giant spiders i don't know (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean honestly it could be the star court
2: from Stranger Things. I mean it is Maya Hawk. I mean it is a mall. I don't know. We're connecting dots on this show all the time. Why not?
0: Yeah, let me ask you a question fellas. Uh when all the lights go off at the mall, does everything turn neon? <laughs> Only in Kong versus Godzilla. Adam Wingard owns that mall. Oh, that's true, yeah, the wind guard, the wind guard <laughs> Circle, yeah. I remember being at the mall one time during a heavy storm at the Ocean County Mall uh, in Tom's River, New Jersey, and um, the power went out, and I remember specifically having, when the when the original Alien Quadrilogy came out on DVD with, like, that silver xenomorph on the cover, like the embossed <laughs> cover, I had that in my hands, I was in the Suncoast, and the power went out. Did you walk out with that disc in hand and just be like, well, the power was out? <laughs> I didn't, and you know what? I didn't because I, I'm a good person. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you you didn't want to get
2: banned from the
0: mall forever. Well, I would you know, I also knew the person that worked there. I guess it didn't really matter, but I felt bad. I couldn't just do that. Uh meanwhile, Maya Hawk's getting stabbed to
2: get to death by a guy in a skull mask.
0: Man, uh in that dime store's
2: fucking Spencers, uh, there's a this is a really good stock scene. I thought it was yeah. better than it had any right to be. Yeah, in the Spencers especially, that's a really creepy scene where he's kinda coming at her and she throws like the sex doll in the fucking uh, like the changing room there it's bathed in black lights and like there's a fucking rocktober
0: blood mask in the back and um i don't know it's really fucking it's done pretty fucking well uh and then you know like we alluded to the scream intro before it's like slow motion she like runs out and this fucking dude you know the guy in in the in the uh skeleton mask comes after her and uh
1: Stabs the shit out of her, which blew me away, right? Cause this is R. L. Stein, guys. <laughs> like Uh, this movie from the word go is like, yeah, it's gonna be a mean fucking time.
0: Oh yeah. It's uh no holes barred. It's R rated for sure. There's gore and it's great. And it's kind of the little dash extra, like on top, that little fucking chef's kiss on the top that uh I feel like R. L. Stein kinda needs to kinda hit that home. And again, this is for you know, Goosebumps is for like young, younger kids. I feel like, and Fear Street was for a little bit older teens.
1: Yeah, I I never read Fear Street, so I can't confirm. There was some grim shit in in Goosebumps, but like they always found a way to dance around anything terribly graphic. Right, and they don't dance around it in this whatsoever. Uh, no, one kill towards the end, uh, had me jump out of my fucking chair. <laughs> oh man, I oh yeah, we were screaming
0: at
2: the TV. I I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That one really, uh, I was, I was shocked. Honestly, yeah, th- yeah. those two back to back. Even though the second one is like not as interesting yeah like it's still jarring because i was like oh i was very invested in those people
2: (laughs) well you okay you guys want to talk about these characters a little bit like which ones were your favorites which ones maybe you didn't like well
0: that was the best part and i just want to preface it with the fact that like so this chick in the mall dies and then the killer's immediately revealed right is the guy that worked at the other
1: store at the spencers yeah and he shot in the fucking head we got all of halloween in nine minutes
0: (laughs) (laughs) six times, one time
1: would have been great if he shot him six times in the head right yeah this cop's like i am not doing this today Boop. loomis is just yelling from behind a pillar
2: i said six not one six (laughs) Loomis
1: is like
0: what are you doing (laughs) so after we after we get the kill we kind of we kind of get into our characters
2: yeah so we we meet uh we meet a few people like the main two are uh this uh brother sister combo of uh dina and josh and it's uh Josh is, like, this fucking hacker commu- computer nerd who's, like, on the AOL chats just fucking talking about conspiracies about this, like, series of killings, like which is, like, kind of reminiscent of it a little bit.
0: Well, yeah, and also it's a little reminiscent of uh, what were we what were we just talking about, like, the Goosebumps kind of thing. Or, or the scary stories kind of thing where, like, he mm. is the link to the lore of the film,
2: right? Right, and and basically he's in these uh, chat rooms talking about, well, if somebody got possessed again, just like this time this many years ago. And they have this whole theory that this witch that was hung, uh, you know, back in 1666, which is actually the third in the series of this, of this uh, trilogy, so we're going to see this at some point. Uh, was hung and, and placed a curse on the town. And so they have this whole theory online that she keeps possessing people and having them go crazy. So, and this uh, guy at the Maltus, the next victim, the next one that was possessed. Um, but then we also have like this cheerleader character named Kate. And uh, there's like the guy who's like. He's basically a stoner, but he doesn't ever actually, like, take a hit in the whole movie. But he's, like, the guy that's always, like, cracking jokes and shit. This guy's Simon. Oh, he's a pillhead, man. Oh, right, yeah, because Kate's selling fucking
0: pills. Man, I love that scene where I-, I didn't know what the fuck they were doing with this chocolate box in the girls' bathroom. Right. <laughs> and, like, there's this cheerleader with a box full of fucking Vicodin and Percocet and, like... <laughs> And like wads of fucking cash rolled up and she's like, yeah, I'm dealing Bye, and she's just like walking around with it.
2: I love this whole uh, plot thread, too, that we kind of get introduced to where, you know, Maya Hawk was killed. There is this tragedy uh, and basically all our principal characters, you know, essentially have to go to this football meetup at the other town as a memoriam. And uh, the other town, the because uh, it's like uh, the main characters. Uh, their their school is the witches, and the other town's the devils or some shit.
0: Right, it's Edgar Allan Poe High, dude. Yeah, from from
2: Franken Turkey. <laughs> yeah, from uh, Bone chillers, Bone Chiller from, from Franken Turkey over on Patreon. If you heard that one,
0: <laughs> it fits right in.
2: Uh, yeah, Dracula's the principal. Uh but yeah they basically go to this uh you know remembrance ceremony and, and a big fight breaks out and we find out that Dina's uh girlfriend is there like now try like making out with a dude and it's like a whole thing. Oh, basically all these threads kind of collide here. It's a
0: teen drama.
2: Don't don't let us get you wrong. Yeah.
0: Um, it's a teen drama at the forefront. That might have been part of it for me too, honestly. Picture it, it's kind of like The CW on steroids but not in a way where I want to punch the fucking television,
1: right? True. Um, You could say that Archie kind of went in this direction, but Archie is also trying to a- appeal to a very specific audience. Yeah. Um, Which is, like, maybe in your 20s, but in your 30s, you may not be very invested in it.
2: Right. I've I've championed, like, the Sabrina series on Netflix, like, and that is obviously aimed at a, at a younger demographic than me, and I it kind of frustrates me because of that. I think this, you know, to its credit, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't angry with it at all, perhaps, throughout the film. It was just what I said earlier, where I was just, you know, a little drawn out for my liking.
0: No, but it was very relatable, right? Yes, it was realistic. It was very realistic in terms of, like, how, how relationships work when you're in high school and kind of the things that you do, the stupid things that you do, like having a box full of shit from, like, your ex that
1: you want to fucking burn or, like, give back to them or whatever. Or writing an angry note on a small piece of uh, (laughs) notebook paper and just going through a series of vitriolic phrases. So,
2: you know, the whole thing that kind of sets this off, yeah, like, the beginning scene, that would be the end of it. But then, you know, after this whole altercation at the other school, they're leaving in their school bus... And uh, Sam, which is Dina's uh, girlfriend from the other school, she and her boyfriend and her boyfriend's other friend are, like, fucking tailgating the bus, and there's this huge accident... And uh, Sam, she spills blood, like, on the witch's grave and, like, disturbs her fucking bones. Just, it just happens to be where they crashed the car. And I thought that was, like, pretty interesting because it's like, okay, on one hand, it's like, what a frigging coincidence, but on the other, like, you know what? No, this is, like, this is a trope that would be in these kind of movies, especially in this time period. So I was like, you know what? It works. But it also feels good. Like, it doesn't feel forced.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's the thing. Like, I don't mind tropes, but don't feel make it forced and i don't think it's i don't it doesn't feel forced to me right and i thought i thought for sure those kids in the fucking uh uh whatever the fuck um the car the fucking Vol- volkswagen Jetta, whatever the <laughs> fuck they <laughs> I were i thought g- they were dead <laughs> no i thought they were gonna molotov cocktail the fucking bus dude oh yeah because they're throwing drinks at it
1: either way what they do is fucking insane Um and someone was gonna get hurt regardless. Uh, but I do like the idea that like just off the road, just a little bit, is the corpse of a dead witch.
0: (laughs) Oh man, I love that. They must have had fucking Don Knotts as a bus driver, dude, because he's deaf or
1: something for sure. (laughs) You're from Big Bully, right? You can count the adults on one hand in this movie. Yeah, my wife said something about
0: that, and I'm like, it's a teen horror movie. So there can't be any adults or else it kind of breaks it breaks everything with the exception of the of the of the uh, deputy, you know.
2: Right. It's like uh if you ever saw It Follows, it's kind of also trying to harken back to old movies like that. They did the same thing in that. There's no adults in it. But yeah, Witch on the Side of the Road. <laughs> right, The Witch on the Side of the Road, it's really cool because they, they show you how she sees, like, a vision, almost, when she touches this bone, which I do think it was a little silly that the bones were that close to the surface, but I understand for plot why they would do that. I agree. I agree with you. Um, But it's cool how it comes back in a big way, because then, basically, again, assuming you saw it, but then these monsters or these resurrected people, including this fucking Jason-ass motherfucker, who I guess is going to be the main bad guy for the second movie. Oh, Dick Grayson comes back as Nightwing, dude. Yeah. <laughs> It's the red hood. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's the
0: burlap hood, man.
2: Yeah, and the MDU, that's for sure. That's probably what would happen. He'd get plucked out by John Hurt and just thrown in Crystal Lake. Oh, it's Jason Todd, you think? Maybe. Just throws a fucking potato sack at Jason Todd. He goes, (laughs)
1: yeah, I don't have time to make you an outfit. Make two. Oh,
0: oh, it's Granny's the witch, right? Like, put this fucking potato sack on you. I saved you from the crowbar beating. Here you uh, you'll, you'll look
2: fine. Besides, you'll bust it anyway. Wear this. You're my hate. Go do my bidding.
0: Haven't you ever seen The Conjuring 3? Go listen to Movie Dumps' Ripe Review. Oh, man.
2: Yeah, definitely check that one out. But uh, I love how they bring this back later in the movie when you find out that all these uh, henchmen or wraiths or whatever you want, zombies essentially, go after her. You find out it's because she disturbed the uh the bones, and it's like, it's I like how the characters kind of put it together because they're not immediately figuring it out, but between their knowledge of that night and the brother basically has all this information about the witch, and it's kind of just like, then, like, from that point on, the movie had me hooked. Once we hit that point in the story, uh which is about 40 minutes into it to be perfectly honest and you know it seems like maybe I'm the the odd man out a little bit on that but I it was losing me and then it had me for the rest of the movie up until like maybe the last 5
0: you also got to remember this is part 1 of a part 3 story true i think it encapsulates itself well in its in a in a, in a vacuum form for this yeah. particular installment what i really liked about the fact that like you know the body's near the surface and right now we're like well why the fuck is it so close but like we don't know the rest of the story well right yeah right because uh as this wraps up we get a glimpse into the next story and then you know as sean alluded to the the third story would be 1666 when the actual event happened but like
2: We don't know if this witch is active, maybe, because of the way (laughs) this ends. Right, because I I feel like they're setting it up that these, you know, the last couple characters that survived this are going to probably come back for the next one, and then we're going to go into some kind of flashback kind of thing, where then the rest, you know, maybe it'll bookend the actual movie, if that makes sense. I think so. But I I guess we don't know. I mean, we'll see.
0: So... I want to talk about the music real quick. Um <laughs> a lot of it was a lot of it was good and it felt good,
1: but in the beginning it was a little forced. In the beginning it's the most stranger things like as yeah. far as aping that formula because like I think like in 3 minutes I heard like four or five licensed songs.
0: That's too many, right? That's too many. But I like the I like I like smatterings. Throughout the rest of the
2: epi- or movie episode. The first installment, if you will. Right. Uh, that didn't really bother me, but I could see that. You know, I definitely noticed that more in Conjuring 3. Just to mention that one more time. They do that heavy duty in that movie. This is true, but also
0: this is like a teen movie, and, it's, and it is and in the yeah. 90s, so I get it. Uh, we get some fucking Soundgarden. We get some garbage. We get some Nine Inch <laughs> Nails. We get some yeah. fucking uh, White Zombie. I mean... It's kind of cool, man.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> we get we get double dosings. Josh has the uh the white zombie blasting in one scene
1: and he's not hearing like a fucking fight happening upstairs because of it. Playing fucking Super Castlevania. Was he? I thought he was playing a Sega Genesis and I was like, "Wait a second. What Castlevania games were on the Sega?"
2: They they also kind of dip their toes a little bit into like the 70s and 80s slashers with these uh scenes of the uh the skull mask killer. Standing outside it was very much like a Michael Myers kind of thing outside, like the trailers. And I love how they have this scene where uh, Dina calls Sam and or I know she calls Kate and she's like, hey, uh, you see this guy out there? Because they live like across the street from each other.
0: What are you waiting
2: for? Yeah, <laughs> that's basically what they do. That's definitely a callback.
1: to. She's that.
0: picking her nose. She's like, what am I doing? Huh? No, that's not what she's doing. Uh, no, but I, you know what I really liked about that? It threw me for a fucking loop because I had no idea. Like, I did not see that coming with the fucking, this witch's uh, henchman, if you will. Right. Um, I love that we immediately find out who that killer is in the beginning. It's that kid, yeah. and then they pull the mask off again when they're in a hospital, and it's the kid, and he's dead. I was like, that's fucking great! I was like, there's no guessing. I was like, who is that? That's gotta be like a copycat killer, or i don't know what another one of the witches cult or what have you and it was the same fucking kid i was like this is great i i was super
1: invested and i thought it was awesome i didn't know there was going to be a supernatural element to this so like when i went in at least like not so aggressively when i went in the the movie kept identifying itself like everywhere else as a slasher movie i was like all right cool and then like as soon as all this like hocus pocus shit starts ramping up I was like all right I'm fucking in. <laughs> well yeah and
2: speaking of hocus pocus there is a hocus pocus ass scene cuz uh there's also just I want to mention real quickly the third uh the third killer the uh yes. the barber shop kind of killer type character. The hot babe with the straight razor. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. She's pretty cool too. She keeps going after the one dude, their friend. And uh, so they basically figure out that Sam is the one that they're actually going after. And the only reason it's ev- the uh, monsters have attacked anybody else is because her blood got on them. Right. which I thought was pretty good because she gets in that accident. She's like in a bad way. Yeah. We, t- we talked about how she gets into that accident. And when she touches
0: the ground, she gets a nosebleed. Her blood touches the bones of the witch.
2: And then the witch is after her because of her blood. Right. Oh, speaking of real quick, you mentioned the nosebleed. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to follow up on this in the second or third one because Dina uh, also got a nosebleed at the same moment or, or right before the accident and they don't ever come back to that. Like, I don't know if that was just like a weird happenstance or if that happened as some kind of supernatural thing that we're going to find out later. But I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: I thought at least one of those girls is linked to the witch by blood.
2: Oh, like I mean, like lineage wise. Right, right, right. Without touching it. So Sam gets connected because she touches it. But, yeah, I could see that. Maybe Dina. Maybe that's why she had a bloody nose when they passed the grave.
0: Before we get to the end of this, I just want to talk about some of the kills in this. Woo-hoo-hoo. Oh, yeah, because they they make you wait. They are full frontal and brutal, and uh, I'm fucking here for
2: it. Every one I fucking hoot and hollered. (laughs) When it happened for sure. Well,
1: I was kind of expecting Simon to die first from the beginning. Simon lasts longer than I ever gave him credit for because every time I thought he was dead, he fucking got away.
2: Yeah, man, they all last really long. He made me laugh too. I gotta say, so I was like, oh, the funny guys gotta go. They never make it out of these movies. Well, put it this way: by
0: the time the the red starts kicking up again, I had already forgotten about the beginning. So, so when those kills came, I was like, oh, we get a fucking,
2: uh, <laughs> well, hold on. Let's set it up a little again. Assuming you saw it. If not, here's your, here's your primer. Um, the younger brother, Josh, he has a thing for the, the cheerleader chick selling pills. So they, they share a kiss at one point cause they're, you know, it could be their last night together.
0: Side note. Uh, he's talking to, like, this, um... Dominatrix? Dominatrix online, <laughs> queen, whatever, and he's, like, this, the, you know, the knight of silence, or whatever, or the silence pauper, whatever the fuck. <laughs> I thought... The cheerleader was that chick. Yeah, me
2: too. Right. That that's what I thought too.
0: And I was like, that is the sweetest shit ever. But she just fucking had a crush on that on that kid. I, I was I was into that. They share a makeout fucking pound session like short, like uh, Connor was talking about before.
2: Yeah, I I do wonder though with that a, with that AOL uh, chat buddy. I wonder if that character like the like if the doors open for that character to appear in like one of the sequels. Oh, f-
0: without a doubt,
2: I think. Uh, but yeah, so. Just given that setup, because then the cheerleader, she actually is like trying to hide from the skull guy at the end, because they're trying to basically, they come up with this plan and if they're going to kill Sam and then bring her back to life so that they'll beat the curse. Okay.
0: Yes. There, well, there's three. There's three uh, henchmen. There's the axe guy, which is from uh, Camp Nightwing, who murdered all those people with an axe. He's a Jason knockoff, Jason Todd maybe. Uh, there's the chick from the 50s or the 60s who is uh she's like a teeny bopper with a fucking razor blade that like killed all her friends and then the third one is like a skull killer or a skull mass killer which scream guy basically yeah scream type guy which happens in the beginning of uh this film so there's 3 henchmen of the witch that are going after them
1: well and there's there's a pool of them because they show you a lots of these different killers at shady's shady side i i think i think it's i think it's Sunnyvale shady side okay yeah they show them like this montage of killers they've had in this town and woohoo it's awesome you have the killer milkman. You have the deformed boy. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah,
0: the milkman. The milkman cometh, dude. I can't wait to see his ass.
1: Yeah, like so many. So this is like three of the pool. So with two movies left, I'm like, I'm sure we're going to see the fucking rest. They, all- they allure to the
2: preacher guy who killed all those kids. Oh, this preacher sounds like a son of a bitch. She's definitely going to be in that third movie. But, yeah, so this last scene, the... Uh cheerleader chick, Kate, she gets grabbed by the skull guy, and he just fucking loads her, like, down down this fucking uh, uh, ramp into this, like, meat slicer. <laughs> Dude,
0: first he stabs her, and I'm like, oh shit, she's dead. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then she's like, okay, girl, he's fighting back. Bad bitch fucking, she, like, stops him with, like, this fucking muffin tin and shit.
2: Oh, that was cool, yeah, blocking the knife. She gets straight up fucking, like, intruded, man.
0: She gets fucking, like, in- sliced through this fucking meat slicer her head. As
2: brutal as you can imagine.
1: Too. It was great. Yeah, there's a lingering shot of, like, slices of her head, like, being, pu- like, poured onto the ground. Um, I also like the, just the way it plays out. It's like an exclamation point from the Skull Mask Killer. He's like, I stabbed you. You're being a pain in the ass. Here you go. You get this.
2: Well, because it's all this tension, too, because Dina has Sam, like, dunked in the fucking lobster tank trying to make her drown so that she can, like, beat this curse. Right. Okay, let's preface it with the
0: fact that, like, the the, the druggy guy we were talking about before. Simon. Simon. Simon his brother in the beginning ODs but they saved him so the idea is that Sam needs to die for these henchmen or or haints or whatever you want to call them or revenants whatever you want to call them to uh disappear and stop chasing her right because the fact of the matter is, somebody else survived in 1978 after the fucking slaughter at Camp Nightwing. And she's alive, and the the way that she beat it was the fact that she died and then came back to life. So they have to stop Sam's heart for them to disappear, and then they have to resuscitate her. So what happens is, they pumper full of fucking drugs and they're like yeah. oh, they're, they're like yeah take this fucking pile and that'll make you feel like you're getting fucked by a unicorn and then you're gonna take this pile which is gonna make you real sick but wait you gotta wait five minutes before you take this third pile cause that one's that's the one that's gonna stop your fucking heart and kill you
2: but then, like, the Jason guy comes in, so then
1: they're just like, plan B, you're gonna be drowned in the lobster tank. She pukes everything up, so it's useless, like, she can't hold it down. Also, this whole sequence of them just, like, giving her medication is fucked
0: up. Dude, it's yeah. fucked up, and she's so fucked up from these pills.
2: Man, it, it, it's intense, it's an intense scene. Well, and then we see Kate get butchered, turned into literal ground beef. <laughs> <laughs> and then Simon sees this happen, and he just stops for a second to watch. And again, they covered themselves in, in Sam's blood as a distraction.
0: Yes, because the because each of these. Uh, Haints or whatever
2: or these henchmen go after the blood Sam's blood specifically and they do a bunch of things throughout the movie yeah to try to like you know guide them again like hocus pocus They they lead them into a bathroom and blow it up with fucking like ascertain yeah
0: yeah be, yeah before we before we get into the end of this we miss that part because they lure the yeah like Sean said they lure him into this bathroom
2: or like turpentine or some shit they pour all over the floor
0: it's like chlorine and ammonia or whatever
2: the fuck yeah <laughs> They're <laughs> lucky they didn't die. <laughs> I love how it's like Hocus Pocus to a point, but like they blow them up and it's like, okay... They're like, oh, we beat him, and I'm sitting here at home like, well, these things have regenerated before. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And then, like, the fucking blob, like, meat blobs, like, <laughs> they start, like, reforming, and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's
0: like the fucking Wolfman and Monster Squad, dude. You can throw oh, him yeah. out the window and fucking blow them up with dynamite, but
1: there's only one way to kill him, dude, with a silver bullet, right? Oh, yeah. I was also a big fan of Kate running in towards the end before she gets killed with the fucking hairspray and the lighter, just like, Gah! oh, yeah. <laughs> she went full Simon Basel. <laughs> and the sunglasses yeah put the sunglasses
2: on put that crocodile rock on start dancing cue that fucking elton john here we go but yeah so simon he sees uh kate's face again get get shredded and then he pauses for like one second and then you just see for like behind like a aisle behind him just the axe just come down and lodge into his head and you're like
0: oh dude
2: when okay she
0: goes right through the meat grinder and I was like, "Oh my fucking god!" And without skipping a beat, dude is like, "Hey, whatever, Are you okay?" And then, boom, he gets hit with the axe. I was like, "Oh fuck!" I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, he's
1: dropped. He got fucking brained.
2: Like, <laughs> and then the only character that I was like pretty confident wasn't dying was the young brother, or was the younger brother Josh. And at the last scene, he's like crawling on the ground trying to get away from the chick with the uh, razor, or actually, uh, was it? No, no, no. He's a skull man skull man skull man skull man was going after him and then like within a second of him about to get stabbed in the stomach sam lets out a, f- a final
1: gasp and dies um i kind of thought josh was gonna die after simon and kate eat it so fucking hard i was like okay i guess the rule book is gone now. right
2: well jason he almost gets dina and uh sam but he's like right on top of her when she dies and then she uh, gets resuscitated by like six fucking adrenaline shots <laughs> oh my in the heart. God. <laughs> let me tell you something okay she okay okay
0: she drowns her girlfriend she drowns sam what's her name Adina. Uh, dina dina drowns sam in a fucking lobster tank right <laughs> and everybody's coming out all the all the fucking henchmen are coming out the haints the revenants uh and she dies in the tank now that wasn't the plan obviously they're gonna OD her and then resuscitate her so she dies she drowns they pull her out and they stab her with fucking five <laughs> Mia Wallace specials, dude. She should
1: have got up and drop kicked them both. Like She oh!
0: fucking should have, she should have exploded. After she fucking threw up her sea foam or her lobster juice, whatever the fuck, she should have fucking been like roundhouse and motherfuckers <laughs> and busting the Macarena <laughs>
2: on the fucking she, floor, man. She
1: fucking nips up, gives them both the rock bottom, then just fucking does a people's elbow right there in the fucking store. Right through the lobster tank. Uh, so, yeah, she's
2: alive, and we skip ahead some time, and uh, it basically, like, kind of ends with – um, they get a phone call from the woman that survived before because they tried calling her at one point when they are in the hospital, and uh, she's like, yeah, uh – so you di- they're like, "Oh yeah, it's fine. We killed her. She's alive. Don't worry about it. We cheated death." Devin Saw was
0: there. He's like, "I I told you about the plane."
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a note on his fucking ceiling written in blood. <laughs> uh, but she's basically like, "Yeah, it's never over. Like you need to watch your back." And then we see like this the witch basically in her home, or whatever the fuck it is, basically this brick wall that has names carved into it, and then Dina's name is, like, carved in magically, and Sam's is on there already.
0: Yeah, they go to the fucking police station, and they give their statements, and it all corroborates, and they're free to go.
2: Oh, yeah, they all they all tell the same bullshit story, because they, they don't want to admit what happened with, they don't want to sound crazy, but they're like, but in the process, they're friends. Are now being like, oh, they're drug addicts and they went on this killing spree. And they just let it happen, dude. They're just like, yep, our friends are drug addicts. Yeah. <laughs> they went on a killing spree.
0: What a fucked up thing to live with after that. Like, Dina and Sam are like together again, and it's like fine. And she like tells her mom, like, yeah, I'm a lesbian. Fuck you. I don't give a shit. And that's like a big plot point. Which yeah, is-
2: right. That's a plot point, which I did like that she was kind of struggling with that, and it was part of like the issue in their relationship and they resolve that at the end
0: well she grows throughout the whole movie as being like you know this is who i am and fuck you if i don't like it which is awesome i love that and
2: they all just survive this super heinous like insane situation
0: well dina and sam and josh do everybody else gets fucking brained or you know whatever oh yeah
2: plus all the extras that are just killed off screen yeah
0: like nurse betty he's supplying pills to them from inside the hospital His name's Eddie,
2: and he has a fucking B carved into his fucking name tag, and he's he's Nurse Betty. Get it? We can't end this without talking about my favorite side character in this. The guy that's like the uh, custodian at the mall that gets arrested for no reason because they're racist or something. And they're at at the police station at one point, and he he goes to Josh. He's like, oh, hand me the keys. Hand me the keys. And he's like, ah, Josh, Josh. Josh doesn't say anything at first, but he grabs like a paperclip roll quiet and shit and just kind of lobs it on the ground. And the guy puts his foot over. It, and He's like, thanks. <laughs> I love that. I think they, they pegged him as like a fucking like delinquent because he's like he keeps
0: getting brought in there for like spray paint graffiti or some shit. Oh, my God. I just put it together. You do you know all that fucking graffiti that's been spray painted like on the mall
2: and in the, in the and in the bathroom and shit. You think that was him? If not, he's being accused of it, but I think he's coming back in... Assume, I would assume the next one because he gives uh, Josh his business card. He's like, oh, yeah, if you ever get in a pickle, like, give me a call. He's like, I really owe you.
1: I'll put a warning about some ancient supernatural evil in the side of the building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you know there was a fucking witch buried over there? You don't fuck with that shit, all right? He's like he's like in the same union as uh, Cliff uh,
2: <laughs> Curtis from fucking House 2. <laughs> Cliff Towner? Here's my card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's That's what was on the card. Uh, he's like graffiti artist, uh, custodian, adventurer. I just I wanted to mention that cuz I thought that character was pretty good the little bit he was in. He has like five lines but yeah I liked him. And then the uh the the movie basically ends with uh, Josh writing that like that that note to that that mysterious person online because you know the news is that they were drug addicts and he's like no Kate was brave Kate and Simon they were my friends and he's he's trying to like you know spread the good word and that it was all made up that they didn't ki- you know that it was these monsters and it was the witch and then it's kind of like, all right, uh, next time on Fear Street, uh, no warning for the spoilers from the next movie. Thanks, well- <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> well, wait. Well, wait, because Sam becomes possessed, like you said, and she stabs Dina. Oh my! I, to- I fucking forgot about that. Yeah, man,
0: and I thought she was fucking dead. I thought she was toast,
1: dude. They have a they have an off screen Kill Bill brawl upstairs while her brother can't hear them over the Rob Zombie.
2: That was great because you think the movie's petering out. You're like, okay, they resolved everything. Yeah, l- listen, I totally forgot about. it. I watched it last night and I forgot that happened. <laughs> and I love that.
0: Yeah, they're like in her bed, and then she like gets possessed by the witch like Sean said before there it cuts to the witch now guys i don't think that this is the original witch i think there's another person that is maybe uh, carrying on the uh, the legacy of this witchcraft it could be a descendant or something like that i think 100% it's a descendant because we see this person sitting in this like black cloak In front of a fucking fire, doing the fucking seance or whatever the whatever magical bullshit. And then on the fucking wall, Samantha's name gets etched into it, like Sean was saying. Right, right. What the hell happens that she breaks the hold on that I can't remember now? Well, she fucking wraps... So, so Dina wraps her up in a fucking phone cord. Oh, right. <laughs> Dina ties her.
1: Right, while she's on the phone with that woman, right. And she's like, we gotta save her or whatever. After presumably kicking the shit out of her because she was stabbed <laughs> yeah. and somehow won.
0: And then it and then it ends with rob Zo- with White Zombie, but then we cut to
2: like the preview of the next episode. Yeah, which I was kind of pissed about because I didn't realize they were going to do that. I would have liked to go in that a little bit more blind, but I agree. I it should have just cut and then left me with credits. It shows way too much. I, I like. I was kind of bummed. I hope I forget most of that by the time I actually watch it.
0: It's all right. I'll tell you about it right now. So, um. <laughs> you so, son of a bitch! <laughs> so the fuck, Sadie sinks in it. She gets stabbed. It's the fucking seventy eight thing, and it's the chick who, before the cheerleader, brought her sisters over to her house, and she's like, "Hey, can you watch our my 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 sisters? I got to go do this. I got to do the rest of this movie." That woman is the survivor of the seventy eight massacre at oh. Camp Nightwing.
1: Okay,
2: with Sackhead which is Jason Todd in a fucking burlesque. <laughs> I'm so glad we're setting this up now so when we do the next episode and we just keep calling him Jason Todd like, well, if you heard the first one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dick great. It might be Dick Grayson, we don't know. We're going to find out.
0: We're going to find out, yeah. These are dropping what every other week, every every week. I believe it's every week, so we so we'll be coming to you definitely shortly. But uh And they'll probably be a little bit shorter than this because we needed to preface it with a bunch of stuff. But but yeah, the next one, uh, Fear Street Part Two, 1978, and that is the story of that woman at Camp Nightwing when the uh, axe murderer uh, killed all those people. How did it happen? what provoked the witch obviously it's part of the witch cult right so 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 somebody spilled blood on that fucking uh, corpse how did that corpse get there maybe they dug it up and put it somewhere else on the
2: side of the road who knows well, i guess we'll see yeah and i'm i'm curious to see how that plays out like is it going to be something similar where it's like i'm assuming it's Sadie Sink or or one of her friends and Sadie Sink is the uh redheaded girl from the second and third season of stranger things uh really good actress actually, so I'm curious to see how she plays this role. I guess uh I guess with that being said, let's move into our final thoughts. What do you think?
1: Um, yeah, it's awesome. It's big, it's fucking ambitious. Um, it's a slasher movie that I cared about uh immensely as it rolled along, which is very hard to do for me now because I think slashers have kinda aged kinda poorly. Um I don't think anyone does them very well anymore, and if there is one, it's every once in a while, and this is like just kicks your fucking door open it is like, You ready for this shit? Um It's really fucking fun. The kids are amazing. Um, They sell the peril really well. Uh, Their chemistry is great. Uh, And I was bummed to see a few of them die. And I can't wait for the next one. This is awesome. I love, like, really good, ambitious, grand horror. Just makes me so happy.
0: Uh, I'm with you, dude. This is ripe as fuck. And ripe in a positive way. It completely subverted my expectations. Now, we've mentioned that a few times on the show where it's like gotcha here's the thing but like in a in a negative way but this subverted it in a way where like I did not know what to expect and when it came it brought the fucking goods tenfold um I was a little leery on how they were going to do Fear Street or what they were going to do I was very afraid that this was going to turn into a a goosebumps or a uh, scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Now, while it does have airs of both of those films, it does something completely different and on its own and in a better way. And I think the mag- the special sauce there comes from blending those films with that Stranger Things kind of hipness uh, and storytelling, if you will. Um, I was shouting at the TV and that's that's great for me, like, when I watch, when I watch a horror movie, I want to yell at the television, right, in a, in a positive way, not like, I need to turn this off, but like, holy shit, I can't believe they did that, are you kidding me, this is awesome, you know, and it does, and it does all of those kinds of things, just on top of being, I mean, I'm not really into teen dramas, but, the way this is written is totally fine with me. It's not ham-fisted. It's very real in the approach. Um, the gore is great. The cinematography is great. The lighting's great. I think. I think what they're going for overall and this what what's to come in this arcing story is pretty fucking original and awesome. Uh, even though it might be something that we've heard before or seen before, it, it's it's a fresh. It's fresh in the way that they're presenting it, I guess is what I'm trying to say, and uh, I had a great fucking time, uh, for sure, and I'm really looking forward to 1978, because if that was 94, 1978 is my fucking jam, I mean, we are talking the beginning of the slasher movie, okay, folks, like, I, I see all of, the- all of those <laughs> people at-, at a camp, uh, uh, in their summer in, you know, being, uh, uh, camp counselors in their summer gear, doing their thing with a fucking axe murderer, sign me the fuck up. I cannot wait for the second part
2: of this series. Uh, yeah. Ripe as fuck. Uh, I'm with it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm going to kind of echo a lot of what Joe just said, honestly, like, yeah, this was ripe as hell. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't love it, but I like the trajectory of this a lot. And that second movie, Honestly, the second and third, like, both uh, time periods, I'm really attracted to. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. The 1666? Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The 90s stuff, I I am into it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, As you have probably heard on this show over the years, I I I do like that kind of stuff. But the 78, like Joe just said uh basically getting a Friday the 13th movie with a supernatural twist that is not just that Jason's a zombie it's a little bit more of the, there's a little bit more to it than that and i hope we don't know like all the tricks already like i hope there is a spin on it uh, to separate it from this one and uh again i'm assuming just based on the way this one ends and some of the casting that these, these main characters from the 90s are going to kind of take us through some of this stuff between the next two movies, whether they bookend it or we're going to be cutting back and forth. I guess we'll find out when we see the second one. Uh, but I like the trajectory of it. Again, I, I found a few spots a little slow. I feel like they were just trying to hit a certain t- uh, runtime personally. Uh, but really, just nitpicking, honestly. Like, I liked it for the most part. And uh, that next one's really, I'm really, uh, <laughs> I'm wet. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I'm ready for it. Jesus.
0: Dude, let me t- le- Dude, the storytelling was really fucking good in this one. So, I I hope that I hope that carries over to the next uh, two films for sure.
2: Yeah, and they they tease stuff. Like again, like you were saying earlier, Joe, like about that preacher for 1666. Like that's interesting. Like they show a shot of uh the uh, Jason Todd yeah. walking <laughs> around the fucking cabin. And again, I I I will say a little nitpick again. I mentioned it briefly a little bit ago, but the fact that they show that preview I get they got to get people hyped to watch the next thing, but I just felt like it gave too much away. Again, unless they're just trying to fuck with you and it's nothing like that, which I would actually kind of appreciate, but I, I doubt that's what's happening at all.
1: <laughs> they pull a Marvel.
0: <laughs> if there's another, if the, you know, there's going to be another hour and 45 minutes of content, I think.
2: Sure, no, yeah, listen. I, it, I. If you saw the preview at the end, maybe you see where I'm coming from, but who knows? It's like, like you just said, Joe. It's uh, a little fucking preview. And uh, I got the whole thing to look forward to.
0: Look, man, if it's cast as well as uh, this first joint, um, I'm with it. Like, Oh, yeah. I- I- everything's acted very well. This, the pacing is good. The story is good. Um, I'm into it. Um, sign me up.
2: I have high hopes. Yeah,
0: Fear Street uh, Part 1 1994 was awesome. And we will see you on Fear Street Part 2
2: 1978, baby. Freddy's dead. But Jason Todd's alive. Freddy
1: Freddy vs. Jason Todd.
0: Freddy vs. Jason Todd (laughs) in Camp Blood. Yeah. Camp Nightmare. Camp Nightmoon. Yeah. The Horror at Camp Jelly Jam. We'll see you on the next Ripe Reviews.